Section 17 of the Argonautica. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Scorpion. The Argonautica by Apollonius Rhodius. Translated by R.C. Seaton. Section 17. Book 4. Part 4. Fronting the Ionian Gulf, there lies an island in the Ceronian Sea, rich in soil, with a harbour on both sides, beneath which lies the sickle, as legend says. Grant me grace, O muses, not willingly do I tell this tale of olden days, wherewith Cronos pitilessly mutilated his father. But others call it the weeping hook of Demeter, goddess of the netherworld. For Demeter once dwelt in that island, and taught the titans to reap the ears of corn, all for the love of Macris, whence it is called Drepani, the sacred nurse of the Phaeacans, and thus the Phaeacans themselves are by birth of the blood of Uranus. To them came Argo, held fast by many toils, borne by the breezes from the Thrinacian sea, and Alcinous and his people with kindly sacrifice gladly welcomed their coming, and over them all the city made merry thou would say they were rejoicing over their own sons. And the heroes themselves strode in gladness through the throng, even as though they had set foot in the heart of Haemonia. But soon were they to arm and raise the battle-cry. So near to them appeared a boundless host of Colchians, who had passed through the mouth of Pontus, and between the Cyanian rocks, in search of the chieftains. They desired forthwith to carry off Medea to her father's house apart from the rest, or else they threatened with fierce cruelty to raise the dread war-cry both then and thereafter on the coming of Aetes. But lordly Alcinous checked them amid their eagerness for war, for he longed to allay the lawless strife between both sides without the clash of battle, and the maiden, in deadly fear, often implored the comrades of Aeson's son, and often with her hands touched the knees of Arete, the bride of Alcinous. I beseech thee, O queen, be gracious and deliver me not to the Colchians to be born to my father, if thou thyself too art one of the race of mortals, whose heart rushes swiftly to ruin from light transgressions. For my firm sense forsook me, it was not for wantonness. Be witness the sacred light of Helios, be witness the rites of the maiden that wanders by night, daughter of Perses. Not willingly did I haste from my home with men of an alien race, but a horrible fear wrought on me to bethink me of flight when I sinned. Other device was there none. Still my maiden's girdle remains, as in the halls of my father, unstained, untouched. Pity me, lady, and turn thy lord to mercy, and may the immortals grant thee a perfect life, and joy, and children, and the glory of a city unravaged. Thus did she implore Arete, shedding tears, and thus each of the chieftains in turn. On your account, ye men of peerless might, and on account of my toils in your ventures, am I sorely afflicted, even I, by whose help ye yoked the bulls, and reaped the deadly harvest of the earth-born men, even I, through whom on your homeward path ye shall bear to Haemonia the golden fleece. Lo, here am I, who have lost my country and my parents, who have lost my home and all the delights of life. To you have I restored your country and your homes. 
with eyes of gladness ye will see again your parents but for me a heavy-handed god has raft all joy and with strangers i wonder an accursed thing fear your covenant and your oaths fear the fury that avenges suppliants and the retribution of heaven if i fall into aeti's hands and am slain with grievous outrage to no shrines no tower of defence no other refuge do i pay heed but only to you hard and pitiless in your cruelty no reverence have ye for me in your heart though ye see me helpless stretching my hands towards the knees of a stronger queen yet when ye longed to seize the fleece ye would have met all the colchians face to thee and haughty aetes himself but now ye have forgotten your courage now that they are all alone and cut off thus she spake beseeching and to whomsoever she bowed in prayer that man tried to give her heart and to check her anguish and in their hands they shook their sharp pointed spears and drew the swords from their sheaths and they swore they would not hold back from giving succour if she should meet with an unrighteous judgment and the host were all wearied and night came on them night that puts to rest the works of men and lulled all the earth to sleep but to the maid no sleep brought rest but in her bosom her heart was wrung with anguish even as when a toiling woman turns her spindle through the night and round her moan her orphan children for she is a widow and down her cheeks fall the tears as she bethinks her how dreary a lot hath seized her so medea's cheeks were wet and her heart within her was in agony pierced with sharp pain now within the palace in the city as aforetime lay lordly alcinous and arete the revered wife of alcinous and on their couch through the night they were devising plans about the maiden and him as her wedded husband the wife addressed with loving words yea my friend come save the woe-stricken maid from the colchians and show grace to the minyai argos is near our isle and the men of haemonia but aetes dwells not near nor do we know of aetes one whit we hear but his name but this maiden of dread suffering hath broken my heart by her prayers o king give her not up to the culchians to be borne back to her father's home she was distraught when first she gave him the drugs to charm the oxen and next to cure one ill by another as in our sinning we often do she fled from her haughty sire's heavy wrath but jason as i hear is bound to her by mighty oaths that he will make her his wedded wife within his halls wherefore my friend make not of thy will eason's son to be forsworn nor let the father if thou canst help work with angry heart some intolerable mischief on his child for fathers are all too jealous against their children what wrong did nycteus devise against antiope fair of face what woes did danae endure on the wide sea through her sire's mad rage of late and not far away Achetus, in wanton cruelty, thrust spikes of bronze in his daughter's eyes, and by a grievous fate is she wasting away, grinding grains of bronze in a dungeon's gloom. Thus she spake, beseeching, and by his wife's words his heart was softened, and thus he spoke. Arete, with arms I could drive forth the Colchians, showing grace to the heroes for the maiden's sake. But I fear to set at naught the righteous judgment of Zeus, 
nor is it well to take no thought of aetes as thou sayest for none is more lordly than aetes and if he willed he might bring war upon hellas though he dwell afar wherefore it is right for me to deliver the judgment that in all men's eyes shall be best and i will not hide it from thee if she be yet a maid i decree that they carry her back to her father but if she shares a husband's bed i will not separate her from her lord nor if she bear a child beneath her breast will i give it up to an enemy thus he spake and at once sleep laid him to rest and she stored up in her heart the words of wisdom and straightway rose from her couch and went through the palace and her handmaids came hasting together eagerly tending their mistress but quietly she summoned her herald and addressed him in her prudence urging aeson's son to wed the maiden and not to implore alcanus for he himself she said will decree to the colchians that if she is still a maid he will deliver her up to be born to her father's house but that if she shares a husband's bed he will not sever her from her wedded love thus she spake and quickly from his hall his feet bore him that he might declare to jason the fair omened speech of arete and the counsel of god-fearing alcanus and he found the heroes watching in full armour in the haven of hillas near the city and out he spake the whole message and each hero's heart rejoiced for the word that he spake was welcome and straightway they mingled a bowl to the blessed ones as is right and reverently led sheep to the altar and for that very night prepared for the maiden the bridal couch in the sacred cave where once dwelt macris the daughter of aristaeus lord of honey who discovered the works of bees and the fatness of the olive the fruit of labour she it was that first received in her bosom the nicaean son of zeus in her bantian euboea and with honey moistened his parched lips when hermes bore him out of the flame and hera beheld it and in wrath drove her from the whole island and she accordingly came to dwell far off in the sacred cave of the phaeacians and granted boundless wealth to the inhabitants there at that time did they spread a mighty couch and thereon they laid the glittering fleece of gold so that the marriage might be made honoured and the theme of song and for them nymphs gathered flowers of varied hue and bore them thither in their white bosoms and a splendour as of flame played round them all such a light gleamed from the golden tufts and in their eyes it kindled a sweet longing yet for all her desire awe withheld each one from laying her hand thereon some were called daughters of the river aegaeus others dwelt round the crests of the Melitian mount and others were woodland nymphs from the plains for hera herself the spouse of zeus had sent them to do honour to jason that cave is to this day called the sacred cave of medea where they spread the fine and fragrant linen and brought these two together and the heroes in their hands wielded their spears for a war lest first a host of foes should burst upon them for battle unawares and their heads enwreathed with leafy sprays all in harmony while orpheus's harp rang clear sang the marriage song at the entrance to the bridal chamber yet not in the house of alcanus was the hero aeson's son minded to complete his marriage but in his father's hall when he had returned home to iolaus and such was the mind of medea herself but necessity led them to wed at this time 
for never in truth do we tribes of woe-stricken mortals tread the path of delight with sure foot but still some bitter affliction keeps pace with our joy wherefore they too though their souls were melted with sweet love were held by fear whether the sentence of alcanus would be fulfilled end of section number seventeen